0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and with me is Camilo Fonseca. And we are back. It's been a little bit, and I always say that, um, but it is true. We've been very, very busy getting back into our college life and uh, baseball's been busy too, all right? The season has not stopped and it has been getting very exciting. Some teams are clinched their postseason spots. Um, some teams are left fighting for that last wild card spot. But we're going to get into that into this episode. Camilo, first of all, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Thank you uh, for having me again, Tyler. This is going to be a great couple days of baseball because uh, whoever was writing making the MLB schedule last year really got it right because we are having some of the tightest division races. I, I think this AL West race that we're going to talk about is the tightest division race since the beginning of divisional play. Like the top three um, teams in that division are the tightest since 1969, which is just crazy to think about. Because I mean, if we look at the AL East last year, the last couple of years, that's been the tightest. Even this year, has been pretty tight. And, you know, the fact that going into the last three, four games of the season, and we still don't know not only who is on top of the division, we don't even know who's going to be third place in that division. We don't know who's going to be in the playoffs from that division. It's, um, you know, there's a world where all three of them make it. There's a world where uh, only two of them make it. I don't think there's a world where only one of them makes it.
0: I wanted to also mention you mentioned like the the divisional race. I think I uh, I think back to something that I I don't like to think about which is the 2011 divisional race in the American League
1: East. Oh, I why don't you like to think about it? Tyler? Well, because
0: some people
1: I, succeeded and some people cause did I, not. Cuz <laughs> I I remember that very fondly. I actually wasn't paying attention to it when it was happening, but that was um yeah, we look up the 2011 American League East division race. Game 162. That's a, that's a fun one. But yes, you're absolutely right. You know, this has been just incredible storyline uh, baseball. Uh, but bo- in both leagues, really, we're talking about the American League, but in the National League, it's even tighter. You know, and j- some of the teams, you know, they're not the star teams like uh, Toronto or Houston. Um, but this is, you know, for a uh, Reds team that hasn't been to the postseason in like five years, for a Marlins team that hasn't been, aside from 2020, hasn't been to the postseason in forever, this is like super meaningful baseball that they're playing these last couple of games. I mean, the Diamondbacks, it's, it's, it's very exciting right now, if you are um, a fan of any of these teams. Which is why I like the new postseason format. I don't know what your thoughts on it are, but I think it's this sort of competition uh, late into the season is why they wanted an expanded postseason. And I think it's working.
0: I I must say, when I first thought of the expanded postseason, my initial thoughts were, were about the change to the teams that would get the buys and how that would affect pitcher arms and pitcher depth and you know because of how baseball is such a consistent basis and we still don't know the full effects of it yet I mean we're still learning about it right however I am I think that they chose the right number of teams to allow into the postseason comparing it to like the 2020 season where like half the league made it in right I wasn't a fan of that I think that's too many teams to be given a shot maybe some other people have different opinions but that's just where I stand on the playoff picture and the expansion of the playoffs also allows the idea and um, what will probably happen in the near future is uh, expansion teams to be coming into play to kind of level out some more of those you know the odds of it all Um, whether we get two three four maybe we get 30 more teams how about it
1: a 60 team league (laughs) I pay for that. And they're a 60 team league, and they're still not going to put one in Montreal. That's the way that it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I think the you know, anything more than 12, 16, you know, that's getting the talents diluting a little bit. But I think we're in the sweet spot now, and we're seeing it because these games matter for a lot of teams, and a lot more people are invested now um, rooting on their teams than they would have been otherwise.
0: Yeah, and let's let's talk about some of those teams. We we want to get into that divisional race, and that's what we'll probably hit first. But we gotta discuss some of these teams that are already clinched their spots in the postseason, such as from the American League East, the Baltimore Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays. Congratulations, Camilo! Your your team's in it, but not in the spot that you might have thought.
1: Maybe at the beginning been. of the season. Um, well, to tell you the truth, this has been the most frustrating uh 90 what is it 99 wins that they're at right now 98 wins the the most frustrating 99 win season to be a Rays fan um because despite the numbers being a success you know the amount of injuries and just bad luck that this team has had and that they've weathered to through to still be in this position is really incredible um so i mean i'm proud of them i'm also pessimistic as always but, um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really fun team to watch in the postseason. And you mentioned Baltimore. Obviously, you know, we've, we've discussed my personal feelings on Baltimore, but this is such an exciting team to be watching. Um, you know, all, a bunch of likable guys. Um, you know, the, the city is really, really rooting them on. I don't think anybody, even uh, Baltimore fans, I know they were saying that their team was underrated going into the season. Uh, certainly underrated by myself, but I don't think anybody expected this. You know, cracking a hundred wins, um, the best team in in the American League—that's incredible.
0: So at the moment of recording this episode, the Orioles have ninety nine wins, and the Tampa Bay Rays have ninety seven. That could easily go up by the time this episode. That could change. Gets we should
1: note that, yeah, the American League East is still not clinched. The Rays could—I I, believe—if the if the Orioles have to lose their remaining three games and the Rays would have to win their remaining three games, Um, which is a tough feat. Um, It's also difficult because the O's hold the tiebreaker over the Rays. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other thing that we're not talking about is so many of these teams have tiebreakers coming into play, which is going to make things really complicated and really interesting. But effectively even though the O's lead is, I think, two and a half games right now, it's effectively a three-game lead. So, very hard to make up. It's possible, but, you know, for right now, as a Raids fan, I'm satisfied with the first wildcard spot right now.
0: And let's remind ourselves here, I don't know what the actual tiebreaker looks like when it comes to head-to-head. However, you, you got to look at the fact that this season, different type of scheduling, right? Different Last divisional games, so that teams right. all play each other. That could come into play, and in, in how this has unfolded. I think it's um, in
1: the National League. I think we're definitely going to see it come to play. I mean, did you, I think MLB on Fox put out a graphic that was showing what the different uh, postseason scenarios are, and the the amount of time because so many of those teams are neck and neck. The Marlins and Cubs are tied right now. I think for that last wild card spot. These tiebreakers are going to come into play, period. I don't know where. I don't know which teams for which spot, but they matter. So, I mean, it goes to show you every game matters. You know, if the Rays had picked up one, one of those extra innings losses against Baltimore, we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. A single game changes that.
0: Yeah, games, you know, every game does matter. And for the Red Sox, you know, there was like 30 or 35 games that mattered <laughs> a little more. Uh, that they should have won. But that's the American League East photo. So in the Central, we have the Minnesota Twins that clinched out that division. Of course, we discussed back, way back at the trade deadline when the Guardians were at one and a half games back and they said, you know what? We're not making it to the postseason. Let's just sell our team away. So they kind of gifted those twins, that division, to just run away with it. And they did.
1: And then they picked up a bunch of relievers for no reason that didn't do anything.
0: No, the Guardians are actually worse in the standings than the Detroit Tigers at the moment.
1: Really? Yeah, one game less.
0: Uh, So they're just trying to tank for that draft spot, I presume. And we'll see with the... um,
1: It's a shame because it's Tito's last year, supposedly, as a major league manager
0: yes i saw the send-off for tito and, and you know i mean there's i don't think i got to to see the prime tito like for the red Sox. you know i obviously grew up new england in the connecticut area um and i watched Sox games but there's a certain point when you become a fan in baseball and you're growing up where you're really watching it. you're watching things unfold like we are right now in our age and yeah. we're getting to see and experience And I I just think that my age, I just didn't get that fully. But I still got some World Series, but I didn't get to see his um, necessarily prime.
1: Yeah. I mean, just thinking about what he's done for Cleveland, you know, bringing that franchise almost to the cusp of World Series, even though they never got there, that's an incredible achievement for a franchise that has certainly had its low moments over the past 30, 40 years. This Terry Francona era is going to be remembered. D- despite the fact where they are in the standings right now, I think it's going to be remembered very well. Obviously, you know, I, I don't think it's there's any debate. He's a Hall of Fame manager. But good on you, Terry. Like, I mean, an uh, incredible career. I didn't even expect to be talking about Terry Francona. But you, how can you not?
0: How can you not? How can you not? I mean, think about the Guardians last year. What a surprise they were.
1: Yeah. Right. I, I well, mean- I prefer not to think about the Guardians last year. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Mm. Do not check out the 2022 American League wildcard series. Worst mistake of your life. Or do. Or don't. Well, I... Mm. Or do. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> moving on to the American
0: League West. That has not been settled yet, and that's what we will be discussing. Um, but let's get to the National League first. Let me just give you guys the rundown. So the Atlanta Braves have clinched it. Uh, the Phillies have clinched a spot in the playoffs. The Milwaukee Brewers are this in the Philly, playoffs. This
1: Braves team, by the way, maybe the best Braves team ever? Question mark. I think it's debatable. I mean, we have to. We'll have to see what happens with them. But I think they're certainly up there.
0: There, they could
1: be up there. and Definitely one of the best offenses that they've ever had.
0: But before you cut me off, I was going to say that the, the Dodgers are also in the playoffs. If anybody was wondering.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I thought the Dodgers were, uh, they had like no pitch.
0: Well, they do have a pitcher that had to leave the team due to Ooh.
1: domestic <laughs> violence charges
0: or uh, accusations. So They have um, two,
1: actually. Because <laughs> one of them is in Japan right now. Oh, yeah, I guess. Not a great track record for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But despite that, they are having a fantastic season after many people, myself included, wanted to write them off. In the middle of the season, they came back. They absolutely shut the door on the San Francisco Giants season. There's going to be a lot of soul-searching in San Francisco, but I think that's a whole other conversation. Yes, the Dodgers are fantastic. Running away with the division as usual.
0: So the American League West, though. The other West. The other Western division. We got a little bit of a a situation that's been unfolding, and you mentioned the, the schedulers. You know, those MLB script writers. Before they went on strike, they they put together some really good package for us. Um, The West has been playing each other a lot. A lot of divisional play. Currently, as we are recording this episode, the Texas Rangers are on top of the American League West with 89 wins. Um, The Houston Astros are two and a half games out with 87. And the Mariners are four games out. And they will play four games against Texas to end their season at 85 wins. So,
1: yeah, this is—I mean, this there this these couple of series are going to be very important, not just for these, or not just for the division title, but because it has such a direct knock-on effect on the AL wild card, because uh, you really have two spots in the American League, or, or three spots, I guess, including the AL West title that are up for grabs. You know, so right now in the hunt, we've got. Those three teams in the West plus Toronto, those are all four very good baseball teams, and one of them is not going to be in the postseason, which is crazy. Um. So the series that these three teams in the West have, you said you mentioned Texas has four games at Seattle, Houston is playing three games against Arizona in Arizona, and uh, we mentioned Toronto. Toronto has three games. Uh, at home against Tampa. Um, The way that not even just these series, any particular game goes, has a massive effect on the fortunes of every single other team.
0: Yeah, just
1: think about the teams you just
0: mentioned. The Astros, Diamondbacks, Toronto, Tampa, Texas,
1: Seattle. The Diamondbacks are also trying to get in the postseason.
0: That's what I was about to mention. Um, And everything's to play for, for all these teams, Tampa is going to be playing their hearts out against Toronto because they're going to try their best to steal that division lead, Greg, right? Because they want the bye anyways. Uh, I don't know whether or not that will unfold, and we'll have to see. You know, maybe they'll rest some players because Tampa Bay, very injury-prone. You don't want to put somebody out there if there's
1: nothing on the line anymore. Here's the thing. I think that even though mathematically the division's in play, I don't think Tampa is looking at these games as must-win games. I think they would have loved to take that division title. But now, with all the injury luck they have, if they have one or two more injuries, it's, you know, how long can the revolving door keep going in Tampa? Like, they have been very, very fortunate. I don't even want to say fortunate. They've been very good with developing their players so far. But there's only so many AAA players that you can have on a roster and hope to contend in the postseason. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised... If Tampa looks at these three games in Toronto and says, "We might be playing Toronto anyways, so why you know, why not sit some of our most important guys? These aren't, I don't think must win games for Tampa for Toronto, they are absolutely must win games and um, that is
0: because the Toronto Blue Jays, as we failed to mention, are in the second wild card spot with eighty seven wins, just a half game up on those Houston Astros,
1: yeah. So, I mean, it, the way that I'm looking at it, I think Toronto has the best shot, assuming that Tampa has nothing to play for. Because think about it. If the O's win a single game, Tampa has nothing to play for. And really. at the
0: time of recording this episode, the Orioles are beating the Red Sox one nothing.
1: Okay, yeah. And if the Rays lose a single game against Toronto, they don't have anything to play for for the next two games. Uh, because they're going to be resting up for that wild card series, which they know they're going to host at home. So I think Toronto unless things go really wrong they have a very good shot at getting at least a wild card spot whether that's against Tampa or whether that's against the Twins we don't know but the real wild cards are in the west here Houston, Texas, Seattle. Um those 3 games against Arizona that I mean that's any other year You know, you say Houston, because Houston, not only do they have three games to play for that are super important, it's Houston. You know, you always take that against a team like Arizona, but you look at the 2023 Diamondbacks and the 2023 Astros, and it's not as clear cut as it might as it used to be.
0: Oh, especially for the Astros, who in the last, what is it? I think 15 games or so where the games have Every game has mattered. Their, their season, kind of on the line. They couldn't get wins against the A's. They couldn't shut out.
1: Swept by the Kansas City Royals.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, if if you can't do that, that's very, very concerning as an Astros fan. If you're looking at a, a team, if you go against the Kansas City Royals, who talk about something to play for, the Royals have nothing to play for, and they haven't had anything to play for since, like, June. So, Yeah. I I don't know. I think Houston is in a tough spot. I don't know how that series goes. The interesting thing here, well, one of many interesting things, Texas against Seattle. So I mean, typically, if they're playing Seattle at home, that's a problem. But you look at Texas's record against Seattle. They're one. Seattle's one and eight against Texas this year. That's bad. Like that is, and, and one and two at home. You know that doesn't portend good news for Seattle, especially because Texas, their magic number is two. With a single win they get a wild card spot clinched with two wins they get the AL West clinched. So Texas I think unless things go really wrong and they get swept by Seattle they have a spot in the postseason
0: but once again the Seattle Mariners we've seen it time and time again when their back is against the wall that's
1: when they shine I I mean, that's true. I mean, this series series against Houston, what did they go in this series against Houston? Do you know? Well, Houston ended up taking
0: two out of three games against the Mariners, obviously helping extend that gap. But there was a little bit of controversy at the very end of the the third game with Hector. Is it Norris? I think Norris, yeah. Whoopsies. Um, Had some words to say towards uh, Julio Rodriguez after striking him out to end an inning. Um, he went on to apologize in like a four paragraph note on Twitter, uh, on his socials. I did not get a chance to read it in full. Um, but there was, there was something said that could be very problematic.
1: Um, that he, we should note that he denies saying, but there are other players on Seattle's bench. I think Eugenio Suarez made the allegation that it was something homophobic. Uh, Norris denied that, but. You know, he must have said something to get Julio that riled up because Julio is is somebody who has played with Norris, uh for a long time. I think they're both on the Dominican national team. Um, yeah, whatever was said, it was taken very seriously uh, by J-Rod. So, I mean, that's that's almost playoff baseball. That's late September baseball.
0: That's what it is, and that's when it gets intense, and these teams are very much in intense games. Uh, I want to go on to note that the first game of the Texas-Seattle series uh, is going on um, in a couple hours. So this is recorded prior to Game 1, so anything that we say could get totally destroyed.
1: Yeah, that's Um, true. Now, that being said, I am going to stake myself to a prediction that might turn completely wrong. I think Texas is in. Um, and I think they can get two wins against Seattle, meaning I think they get the AL West. So that leaves our two spots, our two wild card spots up to grab. Tampa's got nothing to play for in my eyes right now. So I think Toronto takes at least two games out of that series. That means they've got one wild card spot. Then that last spot, I just don't know. If Seattle only gets two wins against Texas, e- even if they split that four game series, I think they're out. Because I think it's, I would lean towards Houston in that Arizona series. And at that point, you know, Seattle, splitting a series in it isn't enough. You know, you have to go th- three and four against Texas is the bare minimum if you're a Mariners fan. And that's looking very difficult given what's happened in this season, you know, the last couple series between these teams. But I don't know. I don't know. Anything can happen. Again, late September Baseball
0: late September baseball. And, and for me, uh, it's difficult because Toronto, they've lost two games in a row now, and they're currently playing the Yankees at the time of we're recording this episode. It's the third inning. It is nothing, nothing. Um, so whatever I say, once again, you get really blown up in my face. Um, but I want to be different. Uh, and I think that the Blue Jays have crumbled time and time again and I've seen them crumble a few times already. Uh, and I think they fall out. I think Seattle will get wins against the Rangers. Because um, they're at home, correct? You think they
1: get three wins against the Rangers? I do. That's that's a tall order. Okay. That's, I do. I do. And I still think
0: that the Rangers get the division just because their lead is a bit, bit high. It's pretty hard for the Astros to kind of have to make... All that ground up. I also don't know the head-to-head stat. I'm sure you do. Do you know the head-to-head for Astros versus Rangers?
1: Astros-Rangers, I don't know. No.
0: Well, that also would help my prediction. To
1: I want to I, I say Rangers have it. Probably. Yeah. They had a very great start to their season. Yeah, because I don't think they've played since. I think they played a lot early in the season when the Rangers were doing really, really hot. So
0: How about it? The Wild Wild West are all going to make it into the
1: postseason. And Toronto's out. And Toronto's out. Okay. That's my prediction. Okay. And the Baltimore Orioles lose three to the Red Sox. Let's do it. No. Let's do it. <laughs> no, let's no, do no, no. it. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: No, no, no. Let's calm down here. <laughs> the Red Sox are not going to be putting up no fights. <laughs> um, speaking of the Red Sox, I guess before breaking up our little postseason talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, are you going to talk about... Okay, so there are two things that you could talk about. Is it Chris Sale or is it Bloom?
0: Oh, I would love to talk about Chris Sale being named by Alex Cora before the (laughs) offseason even starts. (laughs) Alex Cora has named, potentially, most likely named, that Chris Sale will be the opening day starter. What does that mean for me? One, we don't have a general manager, so what the heck is he
1: talking about? And two... (laughs) We're not getting a picture this offseason? Yeah, if you're run, if in 2024, the year of our Lord 2024, you were still running with Chris Sale as your ace, I I don't know, man. I would hope I hope a general manager comes in and and uh, sets him straight, but we'll see.
0: To which I responded through direct message to you, Camila, when I saw this news that Chris Sale has just been announced that he's going onto the 60-day IL and will be missing <laughs> the entirety of the 2024 season. Uh, Cause that's what Chris Frail does. That's what he is. And that's what he has been since signing that deal in twenty nineteen from Dave Dombrowski. But Dave Dombrowski's problems are much not not much longer here because some man was hired to fix all these financial issues and was fired at the very end of it because he, prob- fixed, the, he fixed them too well. Some you could say that. So Heim Bloom was hired um, to. Get the Red Sox out of a little bit of a luxury tax issue Where he made a lot of trades That people were not happy with In the Red Sox community Um, I can't say that I was You know very joyous About the trades that were done Uh, I think that I take it a lot better Than other Red Sox fans That are still very much hurt uh, About it Um, He was definitely hired To do a certain job And he fulfilled it Red Sox have um, are down to I believe the 11th highest payroll, uh, and that's really just because Sale. If you take Sale out of that equation because he doesn't pitch, which you know, once again, Dombrowski, that's a different problem. Uh, I think the Red Sox go all the way down to like 19 or something like that mm. on payroll. Uh, but Chris Sale, he's just one of the highest paid players to do nothing and but sit in his couch with a dang shoulder <laughs> oh, okay. thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> wow!
1: this, this man is, was once a future hall of famer
0: um but anyway so heimbloom was fired and we did not get to cover it on this podcast and it's old news now so i feel like we don't need to necessarily discuss it all too much the red sox are going to finish last again there was a wonderful piece by the globe way back when it was an analytics piece um i guess some some they did some charts and stuff like that that we know a little bit about mm, uh, nowadays we do. um that showed off that the Red Sox had finished last in, like, eight of the last, like, 12 years. I don't know the full statistic. That's bad on me. Um, but they finished last again. It's basically, like, the Red Sox either finished first or last. I don't know why they can't make up their mind. Beast or famine. Hyman Bloom's out the door. The Red Sox don't have a GM. And Alex Cora's out saying things like, we're going to start Chris Sale. It's not a great look for 2024 Sox.
1: So I don't think I've discussed this with you a lot. Because truly my I don't my opinions on it are not that strong, but I do think and I don't rate Heim Bloom particularly highly as a general manager. However, I think that he was brought in to do a job and with clear parameters around that job and he did it. He brought the luxury tax down he built up a farm system that is not, you know, one of the best in the league, but it's certainly better than where it was five years ago. And the only thing missing is admittedly on field success, which is the biggest, you know, the biggest component of a general manager's job. But within the parameters that he was given, I, I don't think the failures that have been laid at Heimblum's feet are entirely his fault. Yes, he has not been fantastic at, Trade deadlines, I mean, you know my thoughts about this trade deadline. Um, His uh, player development, at least past the AAA level, is not stellar. I don't know how much of that you can lay at him specifically. But beyond that, I think he did his job as he was told and restricted in doing so.
0: And, you know, the, the trade deadline, we've had a whole conversation about you definitely put it in perspective when you realize, you know, this guy's job was on the line. Clearly.
1: Clearly. I don't know yeah. what
0: pressure he was under and if that changed any decisions that he made. But it seemed like he stood his ground, which I think was fair. And, and you know, I, I appreciate his courage. Uh, but maybe him getting fired was sort of inevitable. Because I think the Red Sox mindset that they're in right now is that they're looking for a GM that will... Be a buyer, that's the position, and they most likely, you know, once again, this is all speculation. Had conversations with Hein Bloom about the future of the team, where they wanted to go, and maybe they just didn't feel that Hein Bloom was a person that could evaluate talent for pricing. I don't know, it's a weird, weird dynamic that I think the Red Sox now are going to get somebody that's going to go out and they're going to spend and they're going to get a guy that's also good in sales. What do I mean by good in sales? Actually, marketing like selling the prospects to be able to buy, get good deals for other veteran players. Yeah, the so somebody that's going to be able to maybe do a little do a little presentation, do a little better than Hein Bloom did. You know, get that guy that's like the twentieth prospect in the organization or thirtieth prospect in the organization, to go grab something that you wouldn't expect for that price.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The The Java GM in the modern era is not only to find, to identify and develop and nurture undervalued talent. It's to use it in the best way possible to maximize that value. And sometimes that's not holding on to all your prospects. That's trading them for other prospects, trading them for veteran players, trading them for people who will make a difference on the field. And that was the component that people identified as lacking with Bloom's tenure at the Red Sox.
0: I can't believe... I mean, the one trade... There's many trades that stick out to other people. For me, the most wild and worst trade that I probably saw from him was the Hunter Renfro-Jackie Bradley Jr. (laughs) debacle, where they traded Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley, who Jackie Bradley was getting overpaid, dramatically overpaid for Jackie Bradley. And you lose out on so much and then they didn't even play Jackie Bradley Jr in center field where <laughs> he would shine the most in his defensive like usage but that's not on Hein Bloom that's on Alex Cora right you know right. to not play him in center field which that's a whole other thing about Cora being the right manager for the team i do feel that Alex Cora is the right manager for the team it's just he did not have a great end to his season
1: no, and I don't think – I don't know how his working relationship was with Heim Bloom, but I don't think they come from the same background of – or not even background, mindset in the way that they approach putting a team on the field. The, the Bloom mindset works with a guy like Kevin Cash, not too, and I am not minimizing Kevin Cash's accomplishments as a manager at all, but he is someone who is in lockstep. With his front office and works very closely with his front office. You know, some people take issue with that. I think that's the reason the Rays are so successful because they do have that coordination. But I, Alex Cora wasn't the guy for that, at least not with Heim Bloom.
0: No, I I don't think so either. And the the last trade deadline, as we referenced before, is probably the biggest exclamation point on that, where. Alex Cora said publicly, you know, and any manager is going to do this if they think they have a fighting chance of their playoffs. They're going to say, we want to buy, we want to get more weapons for this team. And Heim Bloom just didn't support the team in, in doing so um, to get weapons that they could utilize because uh, he didn't want to empty the farm. Um, somebody else will go and get that job now. And I don't know exactly who that person will be. There's many candidates out there. But somebody's going to come in and do that job specifically. And it could be at one point they were looking like they were going to get somebody from that Arizona Diamondbacks front office, which isn't exactly the the market that I would say they're trying to get. You know, we mentioned uh, <laughs> a GM that's going to be selling, you know, a little bit from their um, farm system. The Arizona Diamondbacks have been building, 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 building uh, until they have bloomed into not That's like i confused, confused with, <laughs> with i'm Bloom. <blue>. yeah <laughs> um, uh, into a playoff contending team and they are right in the mix of that national league wild card which we will now be discussing because it's oh so important at the top of the wild card the phillies they're in all right they got 89 wins as i mentioned earlier in this episode but that those last two spots are very much in contention with the Arizona Diamondbacks. 84 wins, one and a half games up in the second wildcard spot. The Chicago Cubs and Miami Marlins are 82-76, and 76, tied for the third spot. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds are just one and a half games out, and I believe the San Diego Padres got eliminated just the other night. Oh, they did. Oh,
1: my gosh. Okay, I thought three they and were a half. still... They're three and
0: a half games yeah, out. Yeah, no, they're, they're so dead. They're, done. they're dead. They're done. So it's just between now, well, you know, and just between with so little games left, this is actually huge. You know, Diamondbacks, who have to play Houston, and Houston are, you know, back into the wall too, kind of. Uh, The Cubs, the Marlins, and the Cincinnati Reds. The teams everybody expected to be in this position. Am I right, Camilo?
1: This whole league has been so shaken up by the fact that the Mets and Padres, who everybody penciled into the playoffs at the beginning of the season... We're just abysmal that, you know, opportunity opens up for some of these, you know, central teams, teams that have been rebuilding, that absolutely did not expect to have a window this year. In no universe did I, or I think anybody else, expect the Cincinnati Reds to be contending for a playoff spot. But that's that's where we are. Again, late September baseball.
0: And I have been on record saying that I've liked the Cincinnati Reds project. I just... I didn't think it was this year. I thought a couple more years it was going to take. And they're here. And, you know, this could be an
1: overperformance
0: year. We'll have to see next season. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this season. We're talking about this playoff picture. And And, they're here.
1: And they're here, yeah. I mean, you said it right, Tyler. I mean, there are so few games left. It's the same as the American League. Every single game matters, especially because of the head-to-head tiebreakers between all these teams. So Chicago has a game against Atlanta tonight. Um, they have three games against Milwaukee. Miami, one game against the Mets, three games against Pittsburgh. Arizona, we mentioned three games against Houston. And Cincinnati has three games against our basement dweller, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, which is massive for them. Which is massive. However, Cincinnati is one and a half games back. So they, even though they're playing the one of the worst teams in the National League, they have to win all three of those games. Is that possible? Yes. But if they don't win one of these one of those three games, it's over. Or at, at, at the very least, you are handing your fate to three other teams that also really want a playoff spot. You know, that margin of error is so small. They you know, even two and three, it's gonna be really hard to get a leg up over Miami, over Chicago, because you are a game and a half back.
0: And in the terms of the Cubs, the Cubs are currently playing the Braves. We mentioned the Braves are a very good baseball team, some would say.
1: Yeah. Um
0: the Braves Some
1: people have been known to say the Braves are a good baseball team.
0: It's the end of the second inning in that game and the Braves are up four to one. Uh so already with a three run advantage with we, we don't know how that will fully play out, but you know, if it keeps up how it's going, Braves take that game that has That's going to help out these Miami Marlins who are playing against the Mets. And that game is into the bottom of the fourth, in which it is a nothing-nothing ball game. Uh, And Jesus Lizardo got his 200 strikeout on the year.
1: Oh, that's nice. Congratulations, Jesus. That's the thing that I think is really going to help Miami is the quality of their pitching, especially considering those three games against Pittsburgh. You know, that is truly... The You know, Cincinnati might have the lowest winning percentage in terms of a team that they're playing, but Miami, with their pitching going up against the Mets, who are cooked, and Pittsburgh, who, you know, less said about Pittsburgh, the better at this point. I really, really think the Marlins have a shot at this, and any of the other three teams, it's really, really hard, because, again, you mentioned... Chicago, losing to Atlanta right now. They're playing Milwaukee, who, yeah, Milwaukee doesn't have anything to play for, but they're playing in Milwaukee. You know, that will be tough. Arizona playing Houston. That will be tough, even at home.
0: Well, you know, but there are one and a half games up, you know, so they got a little bit of cushion for themselves here. Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, obviously, that's going to help them. It goes yes, without said. That but... will help them, yeah. <laughs> But it, it kind of makes up for some of those scheduling conflicts. Um, and that's what we get from with all the teams playing each other. Um, You've got to hope that you catch a team at the right time. And the Houston Astros, although I have them winning some of those games, you know, to help out for them getting into the postseason from my prediction, um, you, they could be catching them at the right time. The Astros have not been able to find success in crunch time right now, except against those Mariners two out of three games mm. that they won but regardless like
1: they I, could be catching at the right time for either of those teams one and two is an insane difference from going two and one because i maybe more so for Houston than for Arizona because you're right Arizona does have that uh very small lead but that can evaporate if uh Chicago goes on a run you know in Milwaukee or if Everybody else loses and Cincinnati sweeps St. Louis. Yeah, and you got to wonder what's the
0: mentality going to be for those Milwaukee Brewers. You know, it's definitely a division rival, but they're in. They're in the postseason. What, what, what are they going to be putting out there? What lineups are they going to put out? What's the mentality in the locker room going to be like coming against the Cubs? Maybe they find a lot of satisfaction in eliminating the Cubs.
1: Josh Donaldson would find a lot of satisfaction, I'm sure. Um, oh. While we're on the topic of Josh Donaldson, did you hear what he said to allegedly Rowdy Telez when he introduced himself to the Milwaukee locker room?
0: He made some form of remark, don't know whether what intent was, uh, that had to do with a a weight issue.
1: Yes. <laughs> Rowdy Telez, um not let's just say not known for being on the uh prim side. Um, but he went on a podcast, I think it was the whatever the AJ Pruszynski podcast is, and he was talking about it. And I couldn't... They took it as a joke, like AJ presents the host did, but I don't really know if he was joking. I read a lot
0: of things that of people that have been fans of Rowdy Telez, or at least the teams that Rowdy Telez has played for, which is Toronto and Milwaukee. Um, (laughs) And they said that that's kind of though how he sets up jokes and his sense of humor from what they know. He's like
1: just that straight face. This very dry, uh, aggressive sense of humor. But it could be a joke. It could be a joke. We don't know, but
0: Josh Donaldson was picked up on waivers, right? To, you know, or to be a part of that locker room just for this stint because he's not going to be able to be eligible for playoff roster. Um, I don't believe so, and he's already causing trouble.
1: Yeah, well, Josh Johnson is batting 191 in Milwaukee, so he's not exactly helping them a ton in this uh, late September push. But again, you know, Milwaukee's in the dance. They're there, and they're, you know, they might end up playing the Cubs in the postseason. So this could be, you know, same as Rays Toronto is in the AL – this, could, this series could just be a preview of what we're going to see next week.
0: Yeah, and, and
1: just getting back to those Chicago
0: Cubs just a little bit, because a lot of teams that are in competition this year are shocking, and we both have been on record, and a lot of people also have been on record, where we were saying before the season, what the heck are the Chicago Cubs doing? We've been saying it for a couple seasons now. They just kept getting players without rebuilding, fully rebuilding, and it's somewhat working for them. Well... It helped that Bellinger had, like, a resurgence in his career. That's true. They,
1: they Exactly. The Bellinger thing has been incredible. Without him, I, I don't think they're in this position at all. The Cubs are in a very good position, but I think if they don't make the playoffs, you are asking some tough questions in Chicago because, like you mentioned... They haven't rebuilt. You know, their farm system is not looking... The people that they're calling up are not, it's not going attractive. to take the reins. Right. So if you don't get in the dance this year and make it far, what do you have with that team?
0: Well, you got Seah Suzuki. They went in and got Seah Suzuki. You don't, well, Justin you, Steele, can he keep this up?
1: That's true. I don't know. Well, well, I'll tell you who you don't have. You don't have Cody Bellinger unless you want to pay him Cody Bellinger money, which it seems like he's going to earn after this year
0: the contract year makes people push and it made him go to the limits
1: yeah absolutely you know i i don't know if cody bellinger stays in chicago maybe he does maybe he likes chicago uh maybe they meet his price maybe he takes a cut because he likes the city i don't know but there are a lot of elements working against chicago in the short and long term that this team is going to have to grapple with sooner rather than later if they don't make the postseason.
0: I think I'm I'm having a, for, I'm forgetting here. Did they give Ian Happ a contract?
1: Yes. 3 years, 61 million. That's quite frankly a lot for Ian Happ. I like Ian Happ, but that is a chunky contract. It's
0: cuz they had so much room to play with cuz their payroll was already pretty low, but they're also paying Marcus Stroman a pretty hefty price and he had a great start to a season and then he fell off pretty hard and I, I don't know what the statistics have looked like since that initial fall off during the
1: trade deadline yeah and in 2024 you've got Kyle Hendricks you know he's got a club option I don't know if they renew that or not 60 million isn't too bad for Chicago but again I don't know where they're going to be in 2024 that's the thing with this team specifically there are so many questions that have to get asked if they don't make the dance which is not the case with Arizona If Arizona doesn't get into the playoffs, we know that Arizona has a bright future. We know that Cincinnati has a bright future. The Marlins are a little shakier, but they have gone through this cycle a billion times. We know that even if they don't make it this year, they will cobble something together for next year. I can't say the same thing about Chicago Cubs. About the Chicago Cubs.
0: The The Chicago Chicago Cubs. Cubs.
1: Like the, the Ohio
0: State University. Trademark it. Yep. Copyright it. <laughs> um, no, I, I completely agree. And it was a point that I just didn't even think about when it came to the Chicago Cubs next season. And, and, and this is their window, I guess. It's a strange window. It's, it reminds it's me. It's a one-year window. which yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: That's that's what they planned for, I guess. I don't know. if Actually, I don't know what they planned for. They've been confusing us for years now. But the team that they're playing against tonight, the Atlanta Braves, have not been confusing us. They've been a very stable, well-run organization. Uh, Possibly one of the best well-run organizations in terms of contracts and managing uh, their young development players. I kind of would like to throw that out there. I I really like the way that they've been dealing out there. Um, But one of their star players, Ronald Acuna, who already has an RBI single against the Cubs tonight, Uh, did something pretty special that the Cubs announcers did not like last night. Where he stole his 70th stolen base of the season, making him the first player in baseball history to have a 40-home-run, 70-stolen base season. Of course, that is with new regulations on on stealing and new bags and different distances, um, which some people have been commenting on. I don't think I have those same comments. Um, (laughs) But when he stole the base, just like any other massive stolen base milestone that you see in the history of the game, when you look up the archive of like Ricky Henderson or some of these other ones, he stole the base and picked up the base and chanted in front of his fans because he was home that he had made this amazing accomplishment. But the Cubs broadcast which this game was tied um in extra innings or at least in the bottom of the ninth i don't remember if it was the 10th inning or the ninth inning we're not happy about him taking the base out of the ground to have this moment they were saying can he just do it after the game which no that's not how celebrating really works but they did celebrate because the ozzi then hit a single the score and ron acuna from second base but I don't know where, where you stand on the celebration and whether or not he should have celebrated. Uh, I thought it was a fun moment. You only get that moment. I mean, you could only have that moment once in your life to go and have that kind of celebration at second base. Um, and he deserves the bag. It's a historic milestone.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only is it a once-in-a-lifetime accomplishment, it is literally a once-ever accomplishment. It has never happened in the history of the sport, a forty seventy season. You know, I, I think when the Cubs broadcasters get um, a 40-40 season, they can maybe start commenting on Ronald Acuna's 40-70. But wow. as far as I'm concerned, you know, he can celebrate the way – especially, you know, being at home with your own fans cheering you on, you have the right to do what you want. But the, you know, that's the, not bad sportsmanship. That's, that's a natural part of the game. But their you know? issue was that it was a tied game –
0: You know, one run—the diff, one run—not the difference. It was tied. One run could end it. The next play could end it. And they want their pitcher, I guess, their Cubs pitcher, to be in the best mindset uh, to be able to get out of this jam that they're in. And there's Ronald Acuna at second base, stopping play, ruining the flow of the game.
1: Um, Okay. Well, then maybe don't allow Ronald Acuna his seventieth stolen bag. Like. That's point. that's what I would do if I was a Cubs pitcher. Obviously, that's easier said than done. But Cubs catcher,
0: really, because you can only. That's pick true. Off...
1: That is the Cubs catcher. Who is back there? Is that uh It was either Jan Gomes or Miguel Amaya, and I don't really care enough to fig to find out who it was. But uh yeah, it's on them. I, I don't have any problems with this. Acuna, it's cool. He's gonna win the MVP. Surprise. Yeah, so. Well
0: that's what Some people are saying that's what some people are not saying. We'll get into our awards predictions in another episode. But for now, this is where we're going to leave it. Uh, I thought this was a very productive episode. And once again, once anybody listens to it, uh, everything could change in our uh, in the MLB and how the playoff picture looks. So hope you guys enjoyed laughing at us at our dumb takes. Um, But I've been Tyler Foy and you can find me. Uh, On social media at Tyler underscore underscore Foy and Camila Fonseca.
1: You can find me at Fonseca underscore ESQ on X, formerly known as Twitter, and most other platforms.
0: And if you were interested in this podcast and you guys enjoyed it, you can keep on tracking it, following it on whatever podcast website that you guys use. uh, Or following at at the Two Scene Pod on our other social medias. Um, however, that's been it for this episode and we hope to see you guys next time where we will have a better idea of what the playoffs look like and playoffs will most likely be close to, or maybe just getting started. Bye.